Hey guys, welcome to Cool Marriage Bro. I'm Lexi. And I'm the Meat Sweats. AKA Matt. Matthew. 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 I like that. I'm going to turn that back up for a minute. <laughs> He's over here dancing. Yeah, it had me feeling good. <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think it was there long enough. No? No. Okay. You good now? Yeah. Yeah. Just just for those that don't know, we use a free no copyright music page on YouTube. Audio library. If you ever need no copyright music. Does it say the guy's name? Uh, no, it's just the name of the page is Audio Library. Okay, I didn't know if it said his name or anything. Alright, so welcome back to cool marriage bro yeah and we, we apologize that we're not on wednesday right so, i was just about to say we're a little late from on now on we're just gonna it's gonna be once a week it yeah, might be on week. monday it might be on sunday but it'd be once a week in this case late saturday night because kids and fighting and f- <laughs> You you want to bring that up? Well, no, we're not going to actually go into it, but we are human here. We do get in fights. On on podcast. On we're trying to do a podcast. Right. In the middle of a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I have my notes here for you. Oh, yeah? So what are we talking about tonight? So, Interview with a vampire. Oh, my gosh. In previous episodes, we've mentioned how Matt is... A recovering addict. Crack kid. So, I have some questions that I'm going to ask him. Oh, God. This should be fun. About being a recovering addict and what it was like when he was an addict. So, here we go. Now we're just going to do what it was like when I well, was I've an addict? I've got a couple. Just, okay, I'm sorry. I'm got, sorry. Calm down. I got you. All right. So Let me smack you. First, <laughs> how, how are you arrested? How did the journey to recovery begin? How was there? I arrested? You guys, you want to jump straight to the bad stuff? Well, we're gonna jump. We're gonna go right into it. Okay. Um, how? First time or second time? The time you got arrested that left you, led you into rehab. When you got arrested, when well, they there said, was there was a first arrest. Well, I know there was a that first had one. to be done to compound the charges for the second arrest. Well, then go into that one. Tell both of them then. Okay. Uh, so first, <laughs> first one's actually kind of funny. It's not. It wasn't at the time, but it is now. I think I know this one. Do you? Yeah. Have you heard this one? Yeah. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you just looking at me crazy right now. <laughs> I'm Why just are you waiting. looking at me? Okay. So I uh, went out to get some marijuana, and. Uh, where was I going? Oh, I was actually... So I got to talk about an ex-girlfriend for a minute. Is that okay? Well, I mean, it would only <laughs> be cool marriage, bro, if you talked about an ex at least once an episode. That is not true. You're going to get <laughs> off my nutsack about that. So it, it just so happens another story of mine involves a female that I was involved in. So anyway, girlfriend calls me. I'm supposed to go pick her up from class. I get halfway to class. She calls and says, never mind. Uh, I got a ride to the house. I said, okay. So we were living in a three-bedroom college apartment complex. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go pick up some weed. So I left. Me and my buddy drove down the road, and I went and got some really stinky, smelly, good reefer. So I drive back to the house. I walk up three flights of stairs up to our apartment, and like I do every day, I just walked into the door. And when I opened the door, there is two Bullet County Sheriff's deputies standing in the living room with all of my friends in handcuffs because they had found weed in the apartment. What's crazy about it is they came there 
for one of my ex's roommates had violated probation and they were just there to serve her a warrant and found me and my homies so i didn't have time to run i had weed in my pocket it was under and out so it was a misdemeanor at the time and they they locked me up a guy named cotton nickname from (laughs) bullet county i hope you're listening i hate you so so that was the first arrest so that was just a misdemeanor though yeah this is a funny part of that story so they carry me downstairs. I'm in handcuffs, and they put me in the back of a cop car. And they, oh, wait, hold on. Did they arrest just you or everybody? Yeah, they just they just arrested me. The other guys didn't have weed on them. They found weed in the house, so oh, I took the rap. It was on you. Yeah, I okay. had some on me, and they had found paraphernalia in the house, bongs okay. and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they they arrested me, put me in handcuffs, carried me downstairs, and they were going to go back up to look for something. Well, the guy didn't shut the back door to the cop car. So I was, at this point, I'm freaking out. I'm finna go to jail, so I really wanted a cigarette. Well, I see one of my homeboys walk by, and so I nudge the door open, and I step out of the cop car and ask him to give me a cigarette. So he does. He gives me a cigarette, and he lights it. So I'm leaning. I'm not going anywhere. I'm in handcuffs, and mm-hmm. there's three of them and one of me so i'm out there trying to get this cigarette down before they get back and they come running down the stairs guns drawn on my little pothead self because i'm out of the car so they're yelling at me guns drawn get on the ground get on the ground and said yeah i was was like i'm just trying to get a smoke in man i'm finna go to the slammer for lord knows how long but anyway that was the first i was only in there for um, about an hour before I got bonded out oh, okay. for my first weed charge. So that's not bad. Uh-uh. I mean, it's still bad because one minute in jail is bad. But Yeah, no, jail sucks. So let's hear about when you were arrested the second time. Okay, so the second time I get up, because I was a pothead. I was, I was a druggie, but I, I worked. Um, I worked so I didn't have to steal as much. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> as much well, as much as you know i still did my dirt but i worked a full-time job so that i could have more drugs than just what i could get off of robbing from people so i got up six o'clock in the morning daily routine smoked a joint drank some coffee smoked another joint got in the car and i always smoked a joint on the way to work are you yawning is this boring you no 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 oh my god no, it's not boring. I'm boring you right now. No. <laughs> Continue. So anyway, so I get in the car, and I always I had a little two-door Honda Civic, like 92 or something like that, with windows just black as night. So I get in the car, and I always hotbox the joint on the way to work. Mm-hmm. You know what hotbox means? No. You roll up all the windows, you smoke a joint inside the car, the smoke doesn't go anywhere. You just re-inhale it. Okay. It gets you double yeah. high. So I'm on the way to work, got my shades on, motorcycle cop sees me, turns around and cuts his blue lights on. So my first instinct is to roll the windows down. <laughs> and all this weed smoke came out of the car at one time. <laughs> oh my gosh. And hit him dead in the face. You know, I looked in the rear wow. view and he kind of swerved a little bit. Uh, so Officer Douchebag Durag um, pulls me over. I say that. He was, he was a white dude. He got off. He took his helmet off. He had on a do-rag, and he lit a black and mild walking up to my car. Wow. Off of his... That's classy. Yeah. Although you can't really Chips, say anything California either, Highway Patrol. You were being Mr. Classy, well, too. Yeah, I was, re- I was... You know what? Breaking the law. I wouldn't bother nobody. That's exactly what I told him to. I said, there's crackheads out there robbing people for $20, and I'm just trying to get to work smoking a joint. So anyway, he asked me if he could search the car. Of course, I said, hell no. And he said he demanded that he was going to search the car because he had probable cause because my window tent was too dark. Right. So I locked my door with my window down. And so he pulls me through the window and arrests me again. Puts me in the back of the cop car. Officer douchebag do-rag. So that was the the second offense, violated probation. Um, and they, they knew that I was doing some other stuff. Um... 
dabbling in some dealing and doing some other drugs and just had some bad connections around town. Right. So, got a lawyer. Thanks, Hunk. I love you. Ain't gonna call no names. And he bailed me out, um, and they were able to get me out of jail in about, I think it was three weeks I was in jail. It sucked. Mm-hmm. Jail sucks. Yeah. Never been there, done that, so no. that's... So they, they gave me the option. They were like, you can do a year in prison or you can do rehab. And I, How long were you My pretty to be? ass ain't going to prison. What, um, did they give you a certain amount of time you had to be in rehab? Eight months. Okay. Um, I don't think I ever knew that. I don't think I ever asked you that before. Was that the amount of time I was yeah. supposed to be in rehab? Yeah. So, what drugs... Did you do? I mean, obviously we know you did marijuana because you said that, but we know there's there's more. <laughs> um, God, let's see. I did. I started out drinking at fourteen, probably fourteen or fifteen, when I had my first drink, mm-hmm. and then graduated to marijuana, and then. This guy laid me out some cocaine one night. I tried cocaine, really liked it, and then to ecstasy. And during this time, we did we did some shrooms, huffed some gas, uh, duster. You ever seen mm-hmm. duster? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Did some duster. <laughs> That's not really a drug. It's, it's a computer clean. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. But you can use it to get pretty blitzed. Yeah. Well, that's basically what we was, you know, young and dumb. Yeah. But I had opportunities to do heroin and crack. I just, I didn't want that, that, uh, that label on me. I wanted to do designer drugs, acceptable, <laughs> acceptable drugs. That's what I thought <laughs> at the time. It's party drugs. We like to party. Apparently. Mm-hmm. So, how long, how long did you... How old are you when you started and when you got clean? Well, I get, I started drinking a not little drinking, bit when I was drinking. 14. No, well, no. in the drug addict world, you count, you count drinking. Oh. You count from your first time using well, anything. Okay, well, let's just count. I just want to know when you started. Drugs? Weed. I probably went. 18, It was four or five years. Okay. Weed was the the long term in that the consistent in that right it was a the cocaine was two or three years it didn't take long after that for things to go south um so you were arrested you were in jail for three weeks Uh and you played a lot of spades what was next after jail you went to rehab right yeah i went to rehab and what was rehab like? Rehab sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it it did when I first got there because I did not want to be there. Well, yeah, I mean, and I didn't go to the what's the commercial on um, Malibu. I love that commercial. Yeah, we have the cure. No, come with us and eat steak and lobster every That's night. Like celebrity stuff that three hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah. yeah, you see movies like, oh, these people go to rehab and that's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, that is not, not what I went to. <laughs> no, what I went to was long-term residential rehabilitation. Basically what it is is a place with three houses at the time and 12 dudes in each house. And that was rehab. It was not, you know... I don't want to call it a halfway house because after I was there and was actually proud of what I was doing, the only thing, we we used to have a motto when people would call us a halfway You know what a halfway house is? Yeah, yeah. It's like when you get out of prison, they put you in a halfway house. Yeah. It's just a transition a back job, into the world. And yeah. You have like you have to be at your job and all that. Yeah, yeah, this was not that. This was recovery 101 boot camp on steroids. <laughs> it, it really was. Yeah, I mean, that's they, what you yeah, you had to wake up at 6.05. You had to check in by a certain time. You had people watching you at all times. There was 150 written rules and 1,500 unwritten rules, and that is no exaggeration. I remember you told me a story about how you left a pen on a table. Yeah, and you get a, you get a write-up. 
Yeah, and then you had to like carry your pin around. Yeah, you did have a house meeting and you proposed consequently. It was formal. You'd say, I proposed to carry a pin on property for two days. You had to, right? And they would say, all in favor, and everybody would vote. And these house meetings would last for hours. And you have like a certain amount of time to shower. Yeah, 12 minute, 12 minute showers. It's crazy. That is, it was, I'm telling you, it was not, oh, the motto we had. We'd, you know, people would call us a halfway oh, yeah, house, yeah, and yeah. we would say the only thing we did halfway was sleep because <laughs> oh everything else was full blast. Wide open. Yeah. I mean, our Friday night meetings would go till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, um, and then it was 8 o'clock, wake up. Right. Do it again. All over again. Yeah, it was insane. But no, I, I hated it for the first eight months. Did not want to be there. Wanted to go back and... You know, I told everybody I wanted to go back and stay clean and get a network. But what I really wanted to do was go back and get high. Right. Of course. Yeah, that's what, that's what we do. That's mm-hmm. what drug addicts are good at, getting high. Yep. <laughs> when we stop, we got to learn something new and we're lost. I know. Like, what, what happens now? So, how long were you in rehab for? Uh, technically, I was in there twice. Yeah. Because you I failed the first time. Because I yes, I failed miserably. I won't go into that story. Nah. No. No. <laughs> that was a terrible story. Let's get that story. Yeah, some adultery in there. And so I will say one of the rules is when you're in this program you cannot talk to women. Period. Not talk to women. They're yeah yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> talk to men to some stuff. But you can't there's a five second rule. Literally. You couldn't. You could say hi and bye to females, and that was it. Anything other than that, you'd get in big trouble. And anything intercourse-wise, and you had to restart. So I had to restart after eight months. Uh, my mandation was up, so I decided to stay. Did I needed some help? And so then after that, I was there for twenty-two months. Oh, you were there twenty-two months on mm-hmm. top of the eight months. Yeah, I was there for a grand total of thirty or thirty-one months. Wow. It's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, in retrospect, it flew by, but... Right. It, it was... When, when you when you staring at... Wow, I was about to say something really awful. When you, when you got to look at 12 dudes every day <laughs> and smell 12 dudes every day and talk to 12 dudes every day, uh, it's, this is not fraternity type stuff. <laughs> it, was, it was it was i mean it was fun we had our good times right towards the end and after i got involved in the program but just do i want to do it again hell no ever i don't want you to do it again either well no 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 oh that's funny okay um so how how do you guard yourself against a relapse Oh, God. I thought this was going to be lighthearted. We're getting all deep into it. Yeah. People want to know. People want to know the deep stuff. Not just <laughs> do they? funny. Yeah. Okay. Guard against a relapse. So you're saying, how do I protect myself from getting high again? Right. I, personally, I don't have... Doing what I did in treatment and going through what I got in, in there. Number one, I don't ever want to do that again. So, so drugs just don't seem worth it to have to face prison and go through something like that again. Right. Because I had, you know, I'd lost, I didn't have much when I went in there, but anything I, I didn't have, I didn't have anything. I literally came in, literally came into treatment with three pairs of all white boxers that they issue you in jail. Right. Three white t-shirts, mm-hmm. three white pairs of socks. And a dirty pair of overalls and some work boots my mama had bought me. Um, and they took all my white stuff, so I had no drawers, no socks, and no T-shirt. You just had your boots and yep. your overalls. and my overalls. I had to borrow boxers. That was the low point in my life. <laughs> when you have to borrow another man's boxers. To because they had They were so strict on living an old lifestyle. Uh, anybody that's been to jail has been issued whites, what they call whites. Right. And it's a t-shirt and just plain white boxers. And that's what you wear up under your jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. 
those weren't allowed in rehab because they were associated with that lifestyle. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, until so you ain't got no draws. Well, it'll teach you. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Talk about a low point. Hard lesson, bro. But no, I guess how I guard against it, I, you know, I still, I'm still heavily involved in the program that I went through. Yep. So I have, for y'all that don't know, um, 10 years, 11 years coming up in September. September 11th, I will have 11 years clean. Nothing stronger than a Tylenol. No drink, no drugs, no nothing. And so I basically uh, do what they told me to do. I stay involved. I still sponsor people. I still go to a few meetings. Um, and I just try to have balance in my life. You know, that was the one thing that was preached to me. It was balance, balance, balance. So I try to give back. Try to maintain balance. If I'm spending too much time with my wife and my kids, my recovery is falling through the wayside. If I'm spending too much time in recovery... My relationship with my wife and kids is falling to the wayside. So it's all about balance. I have to balance between work, recovery, kids, wife, friends, family. It's a juggling act. Mm-hmm. But it's hard when, sometimes. With that balance, it keeps me so busy. You don't have time. I don't have time to go get bored and want to use drugs. That and I just, you know, I found a... When I first stopped using drugs, I did not think you could have fun. I did not think it was humanly possible to have a good time without being intoxicated. And I think that is what scared me the most at first. You it was like you if I'm not fun anymore. Yeah, if I'm not high or drunk, I'm never going to have fun again ever. Um, but a couple of guys, um, you know, took me in and showed me that I could. I've done more fun crazy wild stuff in the 10 years i've been clean than i did in 22 years of living before i got the treatment it's awesome it is awesome being sober is fun <laughs> it is fun it you is remember not, more it is not boring now, the way we did it wasn't boring some people may be boring but the way the way we done it. and we were in some pretty unspiritual crazy situations at times what sober yeah oh yeah i mean we'd go to strip clubs and casinos and we'd go out to uh go out in atlanta but the number one rule is you always you always took backup we always had somebody with us that was on the same page right and we never went alone and we never put ourselves in a situation that we couldn't get out of yeah I do not attend those places anymore. No. <laughs> so that we can continue to have a cool marriage. Yeah, cool marriage, bro. Yeah. Needs to continue, so. Yeah. No more visiting those establishments. The only boobies you see are mine. Yes, and they're lovely. Lovely. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, um, I wanted to kind of say, I saw an article, which I don't have my phone on me. I would uh-huh. recap it, but the article was about. I was reading to you some of it, like dating or marrying. Marrying and recovering addict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I figured I'd talk a little bit, just a couple things on my side of like dating a recovering addict into marrying a recovering addict. Okay. You want to ask you some questions? You can <laughs> if you want to. What's it like being married to a crackhead? You weren't a crackhead. I know. So that's a lie. Ex-crackhead. I thought you said you didn't do crack. I didn't do crack. You just call yourself a crackhead. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so I'll, to, these days funny. I've gotten it's so funny. senile and um, I have no tolerance. You got senile from the no crack you did? Yeah. So all drug addicts are crackheads. Okay. I call the guys at the rehab place all the time. And they look at me like, what's what's crack? <laughs> yeah, because they're like in there for whatever the new stuff Spice. is. Spice. <laughs> Synthetic marijuana. Oh, my gosh. Where was I going with that? I don't remember. Do you have any questions for me? Um, Or is that too much to throw on you right now? Do you want me to ask to you a random? question or was or was you going to go somewhere with it? I was going somewhere, but I don't remember. Uh, really? You I've blanked out? <laughs> Being married well, to a recovering addict. I was going to make a point of like, um, 
Just ask me something because it's there, but it's not coming out. <laughs> is it different than being married to a normal person who can handle their alcohol and their but just a normal somebody who's not me? Is it is it different? The personality types. I mean, I don't. I guess since I didn't know you when you were a drug addict, sometimes I, I forget. I guess that you were involved in drugs because I never saw that side of you. Because I'm so awesome. Right. <laughs> I mean, I obviously, it's, I get reminded when, like, you can't drink or anything like that, which doesn't bother me because with you not drinking, I don't really drink anymore. Right. Uh, and that helps me because my family has a long history of alcoholics. So, mom always warned me about that. So, that helps. But, um, nowhere, I think I can remember my point now. So, with not knowing, you know, that, like, you when you were a drug addict, sometimes I forget that you were. So, I don't really worry about relapse. Because I guess sometimes it pops in my head, like, what happens if one day you were to relapse right like i guess that comes into my head every now and then maybe twice since we've been just not even like just the thought of it like what what would happen if you did like that that's you know even a possibility yeah you know and do you want me to tell you what do you mean do you want me to tell you what would happen what would happen what if i relapsed yeah too much (laughs) too much it's a whole nother podcast. You can fill up a whole nother hour with what would, would happen in the relationship if I relapsed. Oh, gosh. Now I've done seen it that. with too many people. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, seeing you being involved in, you know, helping people and seeing people that you've helped relapse, it's like these people relapse. And some do it after, you know, two months, and some do it after a long time. Yeah, and that's it. What I've noticed about drug addicts, uh, a lot of us are. Oh, I'm sorry, I got ice in my. Oh my gosh! I wasn't planning on talking yet. Crunch, crunch, crunch. So a, a lot of drug addicts are very eccentric, uh, intelligent. Um, usually, they have a skill or two that they're extremely good at, or something. They're 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 not your normal everyday people, and I don't know if it's just that type of personality to where you dive so deep that addictive personality where you pick a subject and you just dive deep into it until you learn everything about that that there is that's you uh, it, yeah so it's when they get clean these people come off as very like I said eccentric likable intelligent people and then they relapse and you see this whole other side this uh, person you think is a monster and it's a, it's a crazy crazy situation i've known people normal people who have gotten in relationships with drug addicts who were my friends and they just fell head over heels for this person oh this is the greatest person on earth and then so and so goes out and relapses and you know homegirl was sitting there with the kool-aid face like what the hell just happened mm-hmm. because it's such a such a drastic flip i'm sure because yeah, the drugs take over, you, right? Nothing else. The intelligence, the uh, you know, whatever your skills, all of it goes out the window. You now focus everything on how do I get more? How it's do so I sad. do more? So sad. It really is. It was a lot of fun for a minute. Well, I'm glad it was for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably not so much for my. When the early stage, me and my cousins were. And they didn't do drugs. They were they liked to drink. And we would God, we would raise hell. I mean, we were outlaws. We were we were feared in most counties. If we showed up somewhere to a party, some shit was going down. Don't know what it was. Probably gonna be a fight. Oh my god. Something was going down. Shout out to all my cousins who I still love very, very much. <laughs> and the crazy times we had. They oh my gosh. What is that noise? Is that a refrigerator making yeah, something? That's crazy. 
they never got into the lifestyle that I did over here. Sorry. Uh, they, you know, they did their thing as teenagers, and then they grew up and became responsible adults. Right. And I didn't. I wanted to go deal drugs and rob people and be a nuisance <laughs> and party, 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 party. Oh my gosh! So life you, was about the party, and that's like back to me and you being like completely opposite people. Because I'm over here like I've never smoked weed mom they were smoking cigarettes and drinking zima you've been waiting for that one you have you've been waiting (laughs) haven't you like all night (laughs) no it it just popped into my head (laughs) oh my gosh yeah i was homeschooled that's homeschooled you guys and sheltered yes very sheltered and if you would have told me that i was gonna marry a recovering drug addict I would probably say, no. No, I'm not. Well, you didn't know that when you met me. Because I was, what, seven years clean and in my prime and hot as hell. Yeah. So you didn't really know all that. Mm-mm. I don't know. When did when did we talk about that? Like, when did I start telling you about my past? Was it pretty early? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. And for anybody out there who's thinking about dating a recovering drug addict, just just know it's a crapshoot. I mean, it's a, it's a coin toss. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> really good. And it can be really good, really, really awesome, and all it takes is one wrong decision, and then you got a, a whole world of shit on your hands. Well, and dating or marrying a recovering addict, you have to understand that I guess there's more balance that comes along with life because if you marry somebody who has never done drugs or has done drugs but has not been addicted to them or whatever or can, you know, doesn't have that addictive personality and drinks but on occasion or whatever, it's different because with the extra balance, like, I share you with, you know, the the rehab, but that's... You like I get in my head sometimes. I'm like, oh, it's so frustrating because you have to be gone away from us. But then at the same time, it's like I have to step back and look at if that didn't happen, then I could lose you to the addiction again because yeah, that rehab is what helps you stay clean and sober. I mean, it yeah, just absolutely. Is. So it's like you know I have to look at you know that's something to think about too when you're. And this this is usually something I try to talk about early in a relationship, just to let somebody know. Right. That, hey, um, I'm a recovering drug addict. These are the things that I do to, you know, help me stay this way. And if these things don't exist, then we don't exist. Right. Because if I get back on, <laughs> if I get back on whatever, um, then I'm just going to steal all your shit and, um, draw bad checks out of your checkbook and take you for a ride all righty then <laughs> cut level honesty i mean that's what it's and you you're not gonna get any child support because they ain't gonna be able to find me or i'm gonna be locked up and that's just blunt i mean that's just what drug addicts do mm-hmm. active drug addicts we don't care nothing mm-hmm. else matters but drugs right so sad it is sad the, the, the upside to dating a drug addict is or a recovering drug addict one that's actually worked a program and actually done some things to to really help with their addiction is we i think you read something to me in that article that made a lot of sense for the last 10 years i have been working on myself your commitment it shows commitment to staying clean it's over yeah absolutely and i've you know that place i was in was high accountability if you made a commitment you stuck to it 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 trained men to be men like they were supposed to be 20 years ago mm-hmm. you know your word was your mind it, it's a lot you don't see in normal regular people anymore um so you have that extra uh, I, I don't know uh extra stuff in a person as a recovering drug addict 
you know, they're emo- for the most part, some of us are emotionally stable. We're financially stable. If we're not, we can get there real quick because of our determination and our drug addicts have this thing where when they see something, they think about something, we have to go get it. Mm-hmm. And you know me and how I work. Right. You know, if I want more money, I go get more money. Well, and another thing about you that I think makes gives me peace of mind when I start to think those thoughts like what would happen if he went back to his drug addiction is I feel like, and this isn't, I'm not saying like you're prideful, but in that time that you've been clean, I feel like your pride wouldn't let you lose, like erase all those years that you've worked so hard for. Yeah, you've worked so hard to get those 11 years clean and sober that you have that stubborn oh yeah yeah you're stubborn so you're like all the people that said i couldn't do it would then have won exactly and that can't that can't happen (laughs) and it's well and it's also you have 11 years and it's like i asked you before so if you went out and did it you know had one drink or did you know smoked a little tiny bit of weed all those 11 years are gone yeah and the county's gonna be burnt down yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's what i told the boys in ohio because when I go to school up there for training for my job, uh, they they act like frat boys who hadn't been away from their wives in 10 years. Because a lot of them haven't. And so they get up there, and the first thing they do when they get off the plane is they go buy two cases of beer and a bottle of liquor. And they're sitting there on a Sunday and Monday night just getting blitzed i mean not even like social drinking i mean playing drinking games and two o'clock in the mornings i'll sit up sometimes and talk with them and just watch them it's funny to me it's hilarious to watch them just the digression of mental state because they get so retarded and they they will they'll get there's people being kicked out the grown-ass men 30 something year old 40 something year old men with families being kicked out of school up there and they're not drug addicts that's ridiculous they just get up there and like they've act been sheltered fool. by yeah. their wife wow so they get up there and act for one guy uh got kicked out because um he came up there and hired an escort and the escort came and stayed with him the night. And this dummy, again, grown-ass, normal person, left the escort his room key uh, and left all his stuff in the room. So he went to class. When he came back from class, the escort had stole his work van, his wallet, his money, and most his laptop and most of his stuff. You never told me about this. That <laughs> there was an escort. <laughs> that makes me feel even better. There's escorts everywhere. No, uh, that that happened up there. You didn't tell me. Oh that. yeah, yeah. That was, it was been a while back. And they told me that when I first started. Ugh. Yeah. I love it when he goes to training for two weeks to Ohio. It's so much fun. Yeah. Not. No, it's not fun. <laughs> I got a couple of homeboys up there that I like. When they're up there, I can have a decent time and not be so homesick. Because oh, it's just, yeah, I do, I do get Because I'm sitting in a motel room for two weeks. It's not motel. A hotel. Well, it's a place with a room. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a motel. It's nicer. What's the difference? A hotel's nicer than a motel. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Let's show yeah. how educated we are in South Georgia. <laughs> hotel motel it's all the same i know it's always bothered me when you said really yeah you say mom and donnie are gonna come stay in a motel i'm like no they aren't where are they gonna stay in the hotel in the <laughs> it's different a hotel is different than a motel <laughs> the motel has mo's in the hotel but anyway um i guess we do stay in a hotel because dude had his hoe a hoe yeah yeah <laughs> so funny. There's been a couple instances people got kicked out up there for stupid stuff. People are one dumb. one left us and the the cleaning ladies up there are not the most attractive. One guy left his number and a picture of himself from the waist down for the 
cleaning lady left it on his pillow. Oh my god! And she turned him in, and he got fired. Good. I'm glad she turned him in. <laughs> Me too. Good but... because that is horrible. What is I wrong mean, with at people? Least, people are so dumb. You know, at least the stuff I was doing, I got some cool stories about. Yeah. You know, I mean, we was wild and we was crazy, and people actually pay attention and listen. So what did you do? Oh, I sent a dick pic to a motel cleaning lady. I got fired from a good-ass job. <laughs> Lame. Wow. Well, but yeah, no, I'll just watch these guys drink and have a ball, and then they show up to class at 8 o'clock in the morning, you know, head pounding. I'm just like, God, I don't miss it. I don't miss it. I used to have to smoke weed to get rid of my hangover. Mm. Hangovers are horrible. Hangovers are. An ecstasy hangover is terrible. Well, I wouldn't know. Well, now they have Molly. I've never tried Molly. They didn't have that around. Which is supposed mm. to be cleaner and it's pure MDMA. Uh, what I did was ecstasy. And so they would take MDMA and heroin and cocaine and mix it all together and put it in a little pill so you get this crazy high they would also cut it with rat poison and uh, all kind of other stuff i thought that so was you, meth that was uh, rat poison no no meth is battery acid <laughs> <laughs> And Sudafed. <laughs> I thought it was rat poison too because I watched a documentary on. I'm sure meth. they can put red. I, hey, I met a guy that was spraying screens with okay, uh, Raid, the Roach Killer, spraying a window screen, electrifying it with ju- jumper cables, crystallizing the spray, and then smoking it or snorting it. Oh my gosh! When he got to treatment, his insides were basically uh, basically. Leaking out of his behind <laughs> from the raid he was oh, ingesting. Oh my gosh, that is so horrible. It's like, man, you gotta get you some of that raid, bro. Uh, Smoke this roach killer. That is horrible. That is so horrible. <laughs> I just don't, I don't understand. I just, I don't have that thing. So anyway, back to the hangover. I mean, it was horrible. Because you're coming down off of four different drugs. So the moral of the story, folks, is don't don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Don't do it. Or do. Learn from Matt. <laughs> no, don't. But I did. Here's the thing, though. Um, a lot of people never get to the point where they're grateful for their addiction. Right. I yeah, you, I you am are. truly grateful for my addiction. I mean, I'm grateful for everything that I went through. Because it made me the thrill-seeking, adrenaline-junkie, life-loving, grateful, do-anything person that I am. Well, not to mention if you had never I wouldn't have met you. to drugs nope. and got sent to Gainesville, we would have never met. Never. Nope. But yeah, I am. I mean, I see life in a totally different view than 80% of the world that doesn't do drugs. They're humdrum, they work a job, they come home, and they hate themselves. Well, that's like when, like, life gets hard sometimes around here, and you're like, oh, I know what the problem is. And I'm like, what? You're like, I'm just not being grateful these days. I'm just <laughs> not grateful. And I'm like, too. oh, my gosh. You hate that. He's not grateful, so that's why life's bad. <laughs> no, but it's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. That, well, that's that's exactly, something that I, I don't have. That's what I learned in because I, I was diagnosed with depression and bipolar, and I'm... I had it. I mean, I legit had depression, but my pride would not let me, like, take medicine. Uh, they put me on it, and I took myself off of it. Um, not that I don't think people shouldn't take medicine. I think there are certain instances, and people go through certain stuff um, that they may, you know, the way it was explained to me, it repairs brain synapses and helps you to th- Think like you're supposed to. Right. Brain chemicals out. So, you know, but for me, my pride just wouldn't let me. I got to the point where if me and God couldn't fix it, what's the point? Right. Um, Yeah. And I learned that for me, depression and bipolar and, and anxiety was just a 
it was a state of mind. It was a state of mind about how my reality was. Reality's reality. Whether it's good or bad is what you're thinking of it. Like you can take any situation and it can be a bad or a good situation. Any situation can be a lesson learned from it. Or are you taking a picture of me right now? Really? Mm-hmm. You're not paying attention. I am paying attention. Oh my gosh, she's taking a picture. I'm not taking a picture. So anyway, I mean, you, depression is reality-based. And it's all in how you view reality. To me. Now, I'm not saying you as in y'all. No, I But know. to me. In general. You. Yeah, that's how I got over my depression. That I learned that reality is reality i can either live in the moment and make it the best moment it can be in the moment no matter what was going on or i could hate the moment and just dwell in it forever and ever and never get out of it amen amen forever and ever. <laughs> amen so that's how i dealt with my depression i just changed my reality or the way i view reality that's awesome though not everybody can do that no. At all. Most people can't. No. And that's what I say. That's why I'm grateful for everything that I went through. Grateful. <laughs> You're so sidetracked right now. No, no, no. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Oh, why do you do that? You always get me. You always video me when I look the worst. Well, you don't ever post any of me so i gotta post something (laughs) i'm over here trying to control volume make sure the mics are on and you're over here like yeah gratitude zimas and cigarettes no (laughs) (laughs) grateful no No, but I already went into my thing. Yeah, I just poured my heart out, and you were like, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, no, no. Check I out this picture. That you're grateful all the time, and that's all. It's awesome that yeah. you're like that. I think you check yourself when you're not grateful, because like I'm just like not grateful. All the time, so <laughs> <And> <laughs> I can't relate to that. And I've stopped and, telling and then, you wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. And then the whole thing with your reality, and you don't need medicine, and blah, 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 blah. That's not me either, because. <laughs> No, was, I probably do I'm trying need, to get on medicine. I, need, I probably do need medication. I probably could benefit from medication. We both could. My pride won't let me, so therefore I just barrel through it. We're the cool marriage, bro. That's right. That needs mental health. If help. I get on medication, I'm going to be like, yeah, this is a cool podcast, man. It's just, you know, I'm just here and I'm just, oh you know, wrangle, stangle, dangle, butterflies in the wind, man. No, no. No, that would be weed, <laughs> not medicine. I actually wasn't like that old weed. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, no. I worked. I was not the... That's what you said. The stereotypical pothead lazy that laughed at everything and was right. like, oh, world peace, bro. Oh my gosh. No. I just noticed your hats on the vacuum cleaner. Sorry. Why is the, why is the vacuum cleaner next to the kitchen table? Because I was vacuuming up food. And when she finishes vacuuming, she just leaves the <laughs> vacuum cleaner wherever it was. It's true. Sometimes it's in the it's living true. room. Sometimes it's by the stove. Right now it is directly to my right. And Matt just Stare, put his hat I, on it. I didn't even realize that I had done that. Using the vacuum cleaner as a hat rack. That's hilarious. But you do, though. You just leave it wherever it is. Like, I'm done vacuuming. We're just, just going to leave this here. Our house is getting so full we don't have anywhere to put it. Oh. Which I guess ain't a bad thing. We have a full house, full mm. of love. And we could be and energy. We could be living in some of those places I lived in as a drug addict. Nah, we good. <laughs> we good, bro. I have to, I have to find some of my old friends to get on the podcast, and tell some stories, or maybe they'll see the podcast, get on, and tell some stories on Facebook. Maybe. Or actually, coming up soon in the next couple of podcasts. I'm going to have my good buddy, Kevin, on here. Yes. Kevin, Kevin. is hilarious. And he's going to mm-hmm. tell us a story about how he got locked up. And it gets funnier every time I hear it. So Kevin I'm, is a recovering addict yes. as well. And he's extremely hilarious. And I can't wait. So funny. I laugh harder every time I hear it. 
I want to say it so bad, but I'm not going to give it away. No, no, stop it. Yeah, you don't need to say anything else. So yeah, drugs it. are bad, kids. Don't do drugs. Dare. Or you'll wind up a cool recovering addict married to a hot lady with kids. I mean, that's my story. It's kind of messed up. But I did a bunch of drugs. Almost went to prison. Made it through rehab. And now I have an awesome life. That's awesome. That is. So awesome. Not everybody gets that. messed up, twisted, and awesome all at the same time. Well, not everybody gets it. Yeah. I mean, you you have to say that being married to me has been an adventure. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) An awesome adventure, but an adventure, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. (coughs) It's been awesome. I could talk about drugs all night. What time is it? Oh, it's almost 11. Oh, goodness. Past baby's bedtime over here. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I guess we're going to save some for the next episode. Do you know what we're doing the next episode? Um, Caroline's birth story? Give them a teaser. We need that one. We Caroline's to... birth story. That's a that's a ride. Y'all have to tune into that. Yeah, talk about I a haven't, tearjerker. I haven't talked about that with anybody no. since it actually happened. We Mm-mm. haven't. We have not talked about that. She in will two cry. Years. She will cry. Maybe. Yeah. Gu- guaranteed. Next episode, we need to put up a poll. What next episode yeah. on. We need to put up a poll. Bro. Will Lexi cry when telling her story? All three of our fans <laughs> will respond. <laughs> All three. We have. Now let's see. Fifty people's listened to the last pod, last podcast since last week. Awesome. So that's it. we're getting about fifty a week on average. So, so thank we have y'all. About fifty followers. Thanks, guys. Uh, again, we're on iTunes. So go rate us. Oh, you hipsters with your iPhones. Cool marriage, bro, on iTunes. You'll, we are there. You'll rate your sushi and coffee houses, but you won't rate our podcast. <laughs> Do it. Go rate us, cause y'all love us. Rachel, my sister, who procrastinates, who says she loves our podcast. But has still yet to rate us on iTunes. We need a reminder. Calling you out. I'm reminding her right now. Oh, does she listen to every episode? She says she does. We'll We'll see. see. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) SoundCloud tells me who our top listeners are. Yeah. So if you listen to a lot of our podcasts, we know. Yeah. But yeah, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. We're on all of it. Rate us. Review us. Give us feedback on our social media yep. pages. Give us five stars on iTunes, guys. Tells us like whose voice is sexier. Oh, my gosh. I really want to know what the people think. Well. I feel like I have a sexy voice. Oh, but I don't. Oh, you have an extremely sexy voice. You're so turning me on. We're about Just to go kidding. participate in some extracurricular activities. Oh, my gosh. I'm so turned on by this podcast. <laughs> Why are you blushing? Oh, you're crazy. Uh, you love me. You I married me. I did love me. you. I did marry you. True facts. But yes, Bro. questions, comments on social media. Just give us a shout. Let us know what you think. Sounds good. Next week. Bye.